0: All culture. All culture, I, I do Black culture, and hip-hop hip hop culture. culture. It, it, it's Corners of the Culture. Of the culture with d and KC.
1: Let's go, baby. Welcome in to the latest edition of Corners of the Culture. We appreciate you so much for downloading, subscribing, listening. We appreciate those that are watching over on YouTube youtube uh i'm damian barling he's kenny Caraway. yeah is yeah. dope yes indeed the dope ones.com make sure you check that out man we are so pleased uh, that you are here with us again shout out to everybody who's downloaded subscribed done all that stuff shout out to everybody who's tweeted us with different feedback uh on the various episodes man we greatly appreciate that of course you can catch uh, all of us across multiple platforms on twitter and uh instagram and so on and so forth but uh we appreciate everybody uh checking this out as the 50 years of hip-hop uh continue to roll on the closer and closer we get to summer but the hip-hop world is buzzing right now because hulu has finally uh, started to drop their dear mama series which you know we're we're two episodes into this and two or five and i can't speak for it's not exactly what i expected Hmm. digging it not what i expected I kind of expected a little bit more on a mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, again, they're doing a marvelous job of intertwining Pac and a together. I thought this kind of centered a little bit more on his mom than it did on the two of them, mm-hmm. but it does tell at least two, two episodes in it tells an interesting story uh, about the two and how one so heavily influenced the other.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, definitely. I thought, I, I like you, Damien. I thought it was more centered around a Fanny Shakur as well. Um, But what I, you know, I just, I am blown away by the, by the, just the way it's put together and the way that their stories are intertwined in like ways that I wasn't even aware of. Like, you know, cause there's all this unearthed footage yeah. and, 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 and you know, pictures from the family. And, and this is the first time I can ever remember his aunt Glow talking know and from her perspective hearing things is is really different because there's at least 17 documentaries on Pac out there and i only know that because i've seen about
1: that's that's that's, 10 of them that's probably on the low yeah it's probably on the low (laughs) end
2: right so i mean i'm watching this and you know tupac resurrection I thought was really well put together. Mm-hmm. That don't get a lot. It's like an underrated Tupac documentary. It's
0: actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
2: Tupac yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what I'm getting from Dear Mama is just a more well laid out, more cinematic approach. And I think the storytelling is better because like you said, Damien, it, it is, you know, Fanny and Pac. Um, it's like their individual stories, but then as they, you know, relate to mm-hmm. each other, because, you know, his mom was, you know, she had a problem with cracking, you know, her her history in the Panthers or whatever, but it, it, i I love where it's going. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, where it goes from here. What you think, Kenny?
0: Do you guys think that like you've seen a lot of both of you guys seen a bunch of Pac um documentaries and, and um are familiar with the relationship with Affini and Pac. Do you think after two episodes, like you learning something new and it's not it doesn't have to teach you something I like i watch a lot of stuff on boxing on music mm-hmm. on basketball yeah. that i know the stories i just like reliving them i like uh going through it again yeah. and you know maybe there's a or right here but they're not really giving me anything revolutionary you know and that i didn't know and so it doesn't have to do that but do you think like you're learning something new from from all this no i asked what that's no it's but
1: but like it it, it, i i felt the same way it was a question i asked a lot headed into the last dance Mm -hmm. is when we went into the last dance it was like do you do you really think you're going to learn something in this it was a 10-hour documentary or whatever Mm -hmm. it was and leading into it i kept saying you're not going to learn anything from this that's Mm -hmm. just not who and what jordan is i mean we got our moments that you know, we've got highlighted moments in in the docu series for sure. For sure, but I'd argue we didn't learn anything in that ten hours. I don't think we're going to learn anything in this five. But I, I, I'll tell you what it what it does do, Casey, and, and like it, it it stood out to me. And Donnie, you were talking about the the footage that they have. The the we've we've seen the clips of Pac that we've seen that high school interview before, right. mm-hmm. you know, maybe we haven't seen this much of it, but we, we know that that's existed. We've seen, we've seen that video move before. What stood out to me the most though, is, is they're playing in in long form and he's talking about his mom. And he's talking about the black Panthers. He's 17 years old. He sounded exactly the same at 17 as he did 24. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not talking about his tone of voice or like delivery. I'm talking about in what he's saying and what he's talking about he was talking about the same things at you know 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 24 he was talking about that stuff at 17 years old and another thing that really stood out again i don't know if it's i don't know if it's learning i don't know if it's watching like with hyper awareness but i think we we had always heard heard the 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 idea that was pac was born into violence Right. He was born into violence because of what his mother went through, he was born into violence because he was so associated with the Black Panthers. And we all know what they went through. And despite how intellectually well thought out, he was and how well read he was. He was still like the, the digital underground story stood out to me when he said he when I think it was I can't remember if it was Boo who was telling the story that he got pissed off at a sound guy one day. And just went to he just went to swing at him. Mm-hmm. Just like quick. Like it didn't escalate. It was just he was pissed. Yeah. Because he didn't feel like he was doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And he went to swing at him. Yeah. But uh his uncle stopped him. And it, it was just like, man, Pac has always been it, the way we wrote talk about Pac, like he's he's always been those two things, uh intellectual and violent. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's always been both of those. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, I, I I think if anything
2: this magnifies everything we know about Tupac. And I guess, you know, the little sort of tidbits, you know, about um you know, just how Layla Steinberg was really instrumental. I mean, I knew that, mm-hmm. but you know, to to kind of hear her her talk more in depth about, you know, how she recognized his passion, you know, early and then just even like he, I think he had a homeboy who was like, yeah, you know, I got a, I got a friend right now who's better than Kim, mm-hmm. and he's 16 years old. You know, I don't think people understand like how talented and like you said, Damien, how, you know, articulate and how, you know, just on brand pretty much Tupac was from, from day one. I mean, his roots to the struggle are so deep and so ingrained in him that that's always sort of been the basis just for his persona, right? Mm-hmm. And we think of Pac. we think, okay, yeah, he went to perform in art school. He's been exposed to, you know, so many different facets of life, yet still moving through, you know, this just perpetual state of poverty, whether it's New York, Baltimore, Marin City. And that is what I think is, there are two things to me in these two episodes that are are really just standouts. He was angry. Mm-hmm. He was angrier than even I realized mm-hmm. because I just I I don't know. I mean, I always knew Pac. Yeah, he was he was Pac. He, he was kind of volatile. You know, he he had that duality, the Gemini thing. But, you know, it's clear that he was angry. So you talk about when he beat up the sound guy when he was with Digital. So I randomly came across this uh, Chuck D. I think he was on Sway in the Morning and he was talking about he brought to when they went on tour in 1990, I can't think of the name of the tour, but Queen Latifah, uh, Kid and Play, Public Enemy was headlining and Pac on oh, Digital Underground was there, obviously. And Pac was there, a young Pac and a young Tretch when he was treacherous and they Pac and Tretch running around crazy. And, you know, he's just like giving uh, Chuck D all of this praise and apparently, somebody had stole something out of Chuck, D, Chuck D's dressing room, and Pac found the guy and proceeded to stomp him out. Mm. And Chuck D was like, Yo, chill. Like, wh- it's not that serious. Like, wh- like, where is this coming from? It's like, I just want you to know that I'm riding for you, you know? But that to me, it just comes from a deeper source of like having mm-hmm. this chip on your shoulder about life, right? And then, you know, the other thing that we all kind of knew. But it just—it's so you know, just the—it's just so evident in his documentaries that Pac was poised to be way bigger than just a rapper and an actor yeah. and an entertainer. Yeah, I mean, it was just—it was—it was like in him, you know. And,
0: and and when you talked about his anger, that's something that jumped out to me as well. And and I'd like to know what you guys think about this. It's like, I think being from the the environment that he was from, you know, with the Feeney and the Panthers and just a revolution, just, you know, you, you say he was born into violence and he was, I would also say he was born into a revolution. So he was a revolutionary just by birth. Like Absolutely. that's everything about his life, whether it's, you know, um, the way he, the way he looked at, you know, schools or the way he looked at music or cops or anything was about a revolution. Because that's what he was born into. That's all he really knew was to be a revolutionary. So was that. But when you talk about anger, I mean, I think the anger also came from him having these different experiences yeah, and seeing seeing the same experiences in different places and be like, man, this is all messed up. Yeah. It don't matter where I'm at, whether it's New York, Baltimore, Marin, it don't matter. It's all like everything is messed up. And he was... He couldn't get over it yeah. like he couldn't and I'm not I'm not saying he should have got over it but he could not get past it. he's like man this is messed up everywhere yeah. you know and that's where you would hear him talk about stuff about um, you know how poor people like see you know he has the famous clip when he's talking about you know we've been asking for years you know mm-hmm. now we are gonna bust down like yeah. he just he angry because he's seen it in different he's seen the same thing the same struggle in different parts of the country yeah. and he's like man it's not a East Coast, West Coast, it's everywhere. Like the whole country messed up, yeah. and that anger, that chip on his shoulder, is something that he carried. Number one, because he is a revolutionary, and number two, because he's seen it with his own eyes as he got older and older. Right, and that's the prism that he would look at a lot of the
1: stuff. Well, it wasn't just seeing it with his young. He, yeah, he as he got older, he saw that from birth. Mm-hmm. Like he saw that out the womb. Like that's that's all he was raised around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it and it never it, it escaped him, and I think that's why it always stayed so sharp on his tongue. You know, he talked the 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 the, uh, the incident with the police is is highlighted. The, the, the jaywalking incident, it, mm-hmm. which we've all heard about, is, is highlighted in these first two episodes, and that's like what he talks about. Yeah. Did you do you know what talk show that is that they kept? They were showing clips. Hell no! Where he got the black. Hat I, yeah, I was yeah, like, what is before, this ever? I could not find. I don't know who that. I, th- it had to have been regional, right? Yeah. It had to have been yeah. like. I don't know if it was Some like Bay area, area local yeah, or yeah. or whatever I, it was. I, I, I was like, this isn't footage. Sally. This isn't Ricky. <laughs> this isn't Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what this is. I saw the clip yeah. and on I couldn't find it
0: before, and I thought it was something like Sally or donahue mm-hmm. or something like that and then when i
1: saw it i was like nice. yeah, dude had this a I love slayer shirt on in the front <laughs> i was like what? what is this from yeah that was
2: unidentifiable but that those are the little things those are the little gems about this that i right. love like yeah. all of this unearthed footage that's coming out all of these you know different interviews like him on a set of um uh, uh damn what's the video not brenda's got a baby what's the one where he's got the red tupac and he's like at the mic he's like harry connick ain't got nothing on me oh yeah
1: it's a huge it's a huge brother uh one of those is it trap it's not trap it's not that's the jail one i can't think of it shout out to alan hughes who told his story too i wasn't sure if they were gonna avoid it like i was like you can't avoid it like you have to talk about it and i thought i thought they handled that really well yeah so
2: damn i had a point about the whole the, the oh, oh okay so just circling back real quick about pot having a chip on his shoulder i think also in that i think in stages throughout his life he was born into the struggle he was born into the revolution his you know godfather was geronimo that stepfather mm-hmm. was Matul shakur mm-hmm. his real father was actually a panther also who he thought died and he was lied to about who his real father was he didn't meet him till later mm-hmm. i think he's interviewed in the next episode But I think in addition to just being born and you realizing that, you know, this poverty is a uniquely black problem in America because you go to these different regions expecting something better and you get the same shit, Mm -hmm. if not worse, everywhere. I think in addition to that, the juxtaposition of being like at a a Baltimore school of performing arts and, you know, your classmates come from, you know, they come from, you know, affluent backgrounds or they just have, you know, just a, a, a just family structure that you don't have. Mm-hmm. They have a security that you don't have. Or even at in High School, he's having an interview, right? Mm-hmm. You like, he even talks about it. He's like, you know, I can't even, we can't even pay our rent, yeah. you know? And I think there have been moments where, or not moments, but times in his life where he's felt just like he just, took a Lights. blow from yeah. from life that yeah. he couldn't sort of recover he couldn't from. Get, couldn't get over even, it. Even yeah. his mom, you know, smoking crack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, seeing so many other Panthers locked up, murdered um, and then he got kicked out at 13. So I just think life dealt Pac these blows and he was resilient enough to continue to pursue his, his dream because he was obviously immensely talented but he just couldn't shake you know, the burden like of, of of that of that pain but yeah. i think it also like fueled him it, it, well you, you talk about the pain
0: when i hear you talk it's different struggles it's different experiences mm-hmm. but it reminds me of what we talked about last week with dmx he could yeah. never escape pot could never escape the trauma and the, and the pain yeah. that he had experienced in a number of different points in his life in his young life mm-hmm. right man he just always carried that chip on his shoulder and and you know it, it fueled him yeah and propelled him to the to, to great heights and yeah. to be one of the, the the greatest uh artists that we've ever seen um but you know it also you know it also played into some of his demise not saying he should have been killed but like just some of the things that happened like the whole the whole incident allegedly and when he got killed like that wasn't rap that was him just the hell out yeah, of it's God. not allegedly
1: yeah, like, like it like happened like yeah, we like saw like it on that. video like yeah. he stomped out right. a, and, a, well, that, that was
0: for real but i like we don't know if the retaliation was oh yeah in, yeah, yeah what's we what's we what I'm do. right yeah but, we like do. he just
1: <laughs> yeah. He, yeah yeah we do
0: But he just goes and stomps the guy out in the middle of a right a hotel lot like it's It was the gift and the curse. It's the Chuck
1: D thing that you were just talking about all over. had to do with the the stolen medallion. uh, I want to ask
0: you guys, though, another question.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Clip it, Donnie.
0: uh, What's Afini's role in all this, in your guys' opinion? Like, do you think she fueled that fire, tried to um, mold it into something positive, tried to temper it a little bit, like, tried to find different What? Like, what do you think? after two episodes of this her her role in in tupac's upbringing
1: so you said a second ago that um you know relating it to the dmx episode that tupac couldn't escape you know that 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 trauma and all that i don't think he wanted to Mm. i don't think he was trying to escape anything i think he was using that trauma as a way to deliver his message it's like on a on a you know, you know, different scale when we do our sports radio show, right? Like I rely on your basketball playing days, your 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 time in college basketball to relay certain game scenarios and game messages and 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 ideas. And instead of just fan talking out your ass, you speak from experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Pac looked at all of that as. I don't even know if that Pac looked at it as trauma. He looked at it as experience, mm-hmm. his experience, his black experience, and he was going to relay that. To the world, it's like that—that you know, the 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 unknown talk show that we were talking about. (laughs) You know, he he looks at he looks at this woman and like, how how who who are you to tell me about my black experience? I don't Mm -hmm. care how many books you've read. Like, I live this every day. Right. Like, he wasn't trying to escape anything because he wanted to share it. And what role did 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 play that? I think she shared her experiences with him, Mm -hmm. and that further fueled him. I think everything. That we know Pac is—that's what Afeni was. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe Afeni's not stomping out a, you know, a, a, a crip at the MGM, but like she, she's using her her anger and her frustration. She's using the Panther Twenty One and and being pregnant in jail and all of those things as a way to tell her son, Yo, you're the messenger, right? Here's the message. I live the message. You're living the message. It's not an accident that your 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 biggest run-ins with the law have all involved police. Mm-hmm. That's because of who we are. That's because of being associated with a Black Panther. They knew before Tupac was a teenager that he was born into a family of Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. And there's no way they wasn't watching that. Mm-hmm. There's no way that all these run-ins, whether it's the jaywalking incident or the undercover police officer, this isn't all coincidental. Yeah. You know, I think it all ties yeah. to the Black Panthers and that's. And, that's a funny. And this
0: is, this is a little, little different, a lot different than what Pac and a and the black Panthers went through. But I remember, cause you talk about Pac, not wanting to escape it, not wanting to um, maybe even deal with it, everything that was going on. And I remember me personally, once again, I'm not, a am not saying it's, you know, exactly the same, but I didn't have my dad around my entire life. Like, I knew, I knew him. I would see him from time to time. It was all good. I knew he loved me, but he just not involved whatsoever. I was involved with his family and all this other stuff. And I just lived life. Like that was, that was life. That's what it was. That's what it was, you know? And I lived life, lived it, lived it, did everything that I did, played basketball, went to school. It was me and my mom. I lived it. Everything was good. And then when I was about 23, 24 years old, I was at a gym and I saw I was working at a gym. And these guys, these fathers would come in with their sons every single day. And they would help them basketball every day. And not till I was about 24, 25 years old, I was like, oh, well, what the hell did I miss out on? Yeah. (laughs) Like, damn. Yeah. That's not necessarily how life is supposed to go. Yeah. How I lived it. Like, what? Damn, did I just miss out on a whole hell of a lot? I didn't realize it, because it didn't matter. I was just living life. I was just going, this is the cars that was dealt, this is what it is. I just lived it. And when you say that, I think about that with Pac. Pac was just moving. Pac was just moving, and he never, I don't know if he ever took, had the opportunity, because like I said, I was 24 years old. He died Mm -hmm. when he was, what, 23, 24 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he ever had the opportunity to sit back and be like, damn, like, I got a lot that happened to me, yeah, and i'm I, t- I need to address what's going on in my life absolutely. never had the opportunity, you know, so like what that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said he didn't want to, maybe he didn't have the time to like take a step back and be like, You know what, I got anger issues, yeah, like that's not okay,
2: yeah, I think I mean i so just relating your story about your father being absent. I definitely think that's a. I think it's a big part of Pac's life because I, I, you know, in in so many interviews, I think it's the one where he's at the gun range. where He's talking about how he gauged his manhood, and it was from several different people in his circle, but it was never from that one source mm-hmm. who was his real mm-hmm. father. Yeah, he had Matulu Shakur, but he got sent away. His relationship with him was primarily over the phone, and they tried to stop that. They talked about right. Mm-hmm. You know he would say he would try to get the game from the, the pimps the pushes. you know what i'm saying the dealers but i'm sure that void was very very prevalent throughout his life feeling like you know he just didn't have that so you know he said you know a was his his mother and his father right and he she did give him the message mm-hmm. but i think she also gave him the reality that your destiny is predetermined in the society already and it's up to you to break that perception that they have of you however you see fit and then to see his hero sort of just lose herself right mm-hmm. she lost mm-hmm. herself with you know crack and i'm sure just the, the poverty that they were dealing with i think it put him in a it, it put him in a peculiar place because You asked earlier, you know, what her role was. I think Pac was very much absorbing all of it, mostly what Afani did. And I think her thing was education, being acutely aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, you know, know that, you know, you're equipped with these tools and and you're not going to be a statistic, or at least I don't want you to be, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. sad and unfortunate Pac ultimately became one. But I think her planting these seeds was for him to continue he was going to be the new chairman of the new the new panthers the 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 new african panthers like that was if he didn't get signed that's what he wanted to do he wanted to 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 resurrect the panthers like in the bay area so that's totally a feigning right but i think the anger like it's almost like music was cathartic for him because he needed some way to exercise that pain in a way that wasn't stomping people out or just, you know, mm-hmm. losing his temper over anything, yeah. because I feel like he walked around with that and his father not being present and sort of grasping when you are a black man in America and you are a statistic of, you know, coming from a single parent household like you live with that. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't raised with my biological father. I was lucky to have a man come in and, you know, fill that void. But I could have been, you know, I could have been my reality, too. You know, so I think these are all the things that were compounded in his life. But he had his he had his outlet. He had his creative outlet. You know what I mean? It's just it feels unfortunate to say the least that he couldn't escape the things that sort of. You know, plagued him emotionally. Mm. You know,
1: I'm curious to see where they go in terms of the direction of this because you have, I, I, I can't help but think of that. Um, because we, you know, we, 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 we there's the, there's the impending sexual assault, you know, case that's going to hit one of one of these episodes, and that, you know, then, then, then that's where you're going to start getting the clips of him spitting on reporters and mm-hmm. doing kind of, you're, you're going to get that wilder side of. Of Pac then you'll get the death row Tupac but I, I can't help but think about those MTV wo- awards the last one that he was alive for the the, the famous one was Snoop in New the snoop yeah. yeah in the gray suit the yeah. giant medallion and there's that off I think it's an off camera clip I don't know if it's on on I don't I don't know if it aired as part of the interview yeah but it's the one where he's talking about um he's talking to MTV and he's like you guys need to do a better job in, in in handling you know this 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 situation with us and bad boys too like i understand we have a responsibility right. but you're the media and you're fueling this and you're firing you're this and you're, you're kind of turning it into something it's not yeah again i understand we have a responsibility yeah. but so do you so this was days before he was killed yeah. and you see that that level headedness where he's almost at the point where he realizes this whole thing is kind of this getting out of control. It's gotten out of control mm-hmm. and you have a responsibility yeah. and, and the, and the, and the Kevin Powell's and the vibes and and, and, and the, and the, uh, uh, the sources y'all have a responsibility here. We have ours. We'll do better, but you need to do better too. And you just think about that, that like level headedness in, mm-hmm. in, in that discussion, which by the way, that's a discussion you can have, Today, yeah, that was it. Was how many twenty seven years ago? Yeah, like Pac's been dead longer than he was actually alive at this, this point. That's crazy. Like you, you go all the way back, to, and you realize that is, is something he was saying back in nineteen ninety six. That's something people are saying today, talking to media about having responsibilities. A lot of the things Pac talks about in the first two episodes of this documentary, they translate today. Whether he's talking about black people or 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 the clip I'm talking about which wasn't on these two episodes but talking to the media like all of that stuff plays true in 2023 mm-hmm. but it flies in the face of the he's crazy narrative.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: That clip right there days before he he he's killed shows dude is stable. Yeah. And he's still level-headed and he can still discuss things the same way he did when he was 17, 18. He could talk about the same things that he was rapping uh, on over that rakim freestyle like i wish i, I wish pocket hooked up with common and most deaf instead of yeah. instead of digital underground yeah. like what could he have brought us if he hooked right. up with the you know the so-called conscious rappers yeah, right uh versus what he called the the party rappers But see yeah. i don't see that's the thing though that's the
2: thing that always perplexes me about pock it's almost like he didn't want to lean into his intellectualism <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like Menace Society. But he did. He just did it differently. He did, but he did it in a way that he always wanted you to know he was real. Yeah. It's like Menace to Society. Yeah. He didn't want to play smart brother. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play something that he felt like was more authentic. But why not lean into something more positive, more intellectual? And it don't have to be, you know. And, and to to that
0: point, this is the same thing I'm thinking about. Because like you said, I think he said that off camera say it on camera yeah
2: well he said well, it on camera yeah and the last thing he said was we both need to use greater restraint. So yeah there absolutely was a balance and a level-headedness about him but i feel like in the moments at the the performance that he did the last live performance that he did at house That's of blues sure. yeah. with when Sugar and all of them mm-hmm. got on stage and yeah. snoop you know that was at the height of and i feel like that would have been a great opportunity to get on the mic and say this, you know, this, this started between two people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And now this has escalated into something that is way beyond what it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there were moments when Pac had, so I get what you're saying, Kenny. He did say this on camera, mm-hmm. but he didn't say it in a place where it was going to be received by the people that needed to be received. Right. There's even a there's even a documentary. I mean, not a documentary, there's an interview, an MTV interview. I can't remember this white dude, VJ. I can't remember, but this is on Tupac resurrection where he's talking about, he wants to do something with the Mm Wu-Tang he wants to start a death row East. Mm -hmm. And that never got any airplay for Mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. You know, there was never any indication that he wanted to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things, it might've been too late in the, in the game for it to even be considered real. Right because I think at that point he had just helped to fuel this thing so much that it just got just way out of hand and way out of proportion. You know what yeah. I mean? No, you're right. Great. Right. hope well, we you guys, right?
1: Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find, I want I wanted to find that clip. Cause, the, Cause the, he the,
0: said, I think in the clip, didn't he say, he said, uh, you're right. He did say it on camera. He was like, of course I don't hate all the East coast yeah, or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah. I, want, I, I do remember yeah. him saying that on camera uh now that i think about it yeah and he's like
2: we both got to use greater restraint and even his aunt was saying because i think alan hughes asked the question what was bipolar and was he did he have multiple personalities like hell no (laughs) he didn't these are just different facets of who he was as a person Mm -hmm. it's like his relatability to women i think Mm -hmm. money b was talking about how he could like play the character Mm -hmm. of a player but become what a woman wanted him to be in their eyes Mm -hmm. you know because he was he could get into character Mm -hmm. so he could get into a very introspective and intellectual mode where he would have a civil conversation with you if Mm -hmm. that was like the vibe like Mm -hmm. carl cannot talks about this when he when he and Pac linked they would have these very deep, very intellectual conversations just about black businesses, and 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 you know he didn't charge him anything, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very level headed. All the while he's writing a script while he's having this conversation mm-hmm. with Carl Caney. So Pac was absolutely level headed. He wasn't always just just loose cannon, right. you know,
1: short tempered. And it is, in, in, and it completely escaped me as we're having this conversation. That's literally how the documentary starts they talk about that shooting with the officers who 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 were beating up the black dude and then they they go to the room and pox like y'all gotta hear this song and he's calm and it's dear mama and it's dear mama (laughs) as the cops are yeah right that's 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 that's, it it, 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 we're having this we just had a 20-minute discussion about the very first thing that's covered in this documentary which i it, it speaks to it speaks to the multi-layers of, of what Tupac Shakur was. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But again, it's an incident that started with cops. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And him being so triggered that he had to
1: mm-hmm. get on right. one knee
2: as a marksman and hit them from 30 yards away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he had to go, like they were gone. You know what I mean? He could have just gotten a car. Nobody wanted to give him a gun. Mm-hmm. He went around and got it himself, which is why he couldn't stand up and shoot him. He had to. Get on one knee and aim and fire, right? He couldn't let that go, mm-hmm. you know. So that's a part of the thing. He couldn't let shit go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Sno- he was mad at Snoop when he died. He was mad at that's Dre. Right. He was mad at Snoop because Snoop said, you know, he, he 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 messed with bad boy. He wasn't mad at Biggie and Puff. And of course, Pac was seething about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Couldn't let that go. So it was just like Pac couldn't let these things go. Couldn't let it go. And That's a slippery slope, man. That'll catch up to you. Once again,
0: it's a fateful night. He couldn't let whatever happened to Orlando Anderson go. Mm
2: -hmm. He
0: had to go for... Oh, he there? Yeah. I'm gonna go get... Like, to a certain degree, wasn't nobody bothering nobody at that time. He's like, nope. I gotta gotta go do this. Yeah. We gotta go do this.
1: Which, the one thing, like, Pac wasn't, was a gangbanger. Not at all. Like, Pac was not in a gang. Nope. But you get associated with people yeah, who are affiliated. and now yeah which i think was the title of his movie no it was gang, gang, related. Related. gang related gang related
2: but still yeah gang related i mean we know suge was deep in them pyros, mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so he had to yeah, what was of, the
1: club 662 <laughs> yeah well like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what it is
2: and he had to sort of assimilate to that lifestyle and to show that he was a rider mm-hmm. he had to be down for whatever Whatever Sug had going on. Now he was taking that on. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, it's just, it's just when you when you think about it, it's just so sad that there weren't more people around him with his best interest at heart. Even though mm-hmm. you probably couldn't tell him much, I'm sure there was some, Mo Preen, his stepbrother, mm-hmm. you know, his sister. I wonder if they interview her in this documentary. I don't well, know. That, that reminds
0: me. I mean, it would bring it like the kind of dear mama. Maybe this is something that I'm sure we're going to get later episodes, but I wonder, uh, and, and not blaming her. I'm just really curious. Like where was a and all this and yeah. where, where, cause we see it in, in, in Kanye's documentary, right? Where it seemed like Kanye was always kind of Kanye. Yeah. He like with this mentality or whatever. And he was always kind of that the one person where he, Would listen to this person and just calm down would be Donda.
2: Yeah, his mom. When he was around Donda,
0: he was just Donda's son. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you wonder if Afeni,
2: when everything
0: was going haywire, had the ability or had the ear of Pac to be like, "Hey,
2: yeah, yeah." His mother tethered him to reality, where everyone else sort of inflated his ego. And and, I mean, like I said, I'm sure they'll they'll talk about it later in the in the doc. Well, there's uh, a book. Holla if you hear me by Dr. Michael Eric Dyson about Tupac. They touch on Tupac's we gotta, relationship.
0: I I I got connects we yeah. gotta talk to him.
2: So they, they they briefly touch on, and I didn't I you know I haven't read the entire book, but there's excerpts about Tupac's relationship. And they even talk about it in the documentary when a fanny is out of rehab and she's like working for Pac. I think I don't know, not as a publicist, something she's doing something for him. And they have, like, a friendship Hmm. relationship. And he it's in Tupac Resurrection, too, where he is like, yeah, it started out as mother and son. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're my mother, I'm your son. And then it started, then it became dictator little country, Hmm. he said. And that was in his teenage years. And then she eventually kicked him out. And then while he was trying to figure his life out, she was trying to figure her life out. Mm -hmm. She had to go to rehab in Connecticut. And then when they came back together, Pac was a star. So he's a man now mm-hmm. and your mom is just, is still your mom, right? but the way it was framed in so many different things that I've seen is that they were like friends mm-hmm. sort of. So when you have that kind of relationship with your mother, I don't know if it's the same as a mother and son relationship, right. you know? Right. And there's even, um I, I think it's Tupac resurrection where, There's a card, it's like a birthday card. It was Pac's last birthday. He turned 20, he was 25 when he passed, right? Yeah, he was 25. And on the card, it's from his mom and it says, Tupac, your sensitivity is a blessing and a burden. And that to me just indicates it was probably at a point where he couldn't sort of be pulled back Mm. enough to be like, okay, you need to just, decompress and just chill. I don't think anyone could really reach him in that way at that point. Hmm.
1: That's one thing that we didn't get in the first two episodes that I'm sure we'll get as this thing builds to a, a, a conclusion is, you know, we're getting, we're getting a little bit of a backstory on Pac, right? We're getting, you know, a deeper backstory on, on a, on a Feeny than we've gotten previous docs. But what we haven't got yet is the intersect of the two. Now we can draw our own conclusions like talking about Pox being born in the violence and you know the Panthers and how all of that influenced. But what they haven't done on the screen yet is merge those two together, mm-hmm. kind of like they did in the Yeezus documentary with mm-hmm. with 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 Donda and Kanye. like they they yeah. haven't merged together, so i'm I'm looking forward to seeing when that happens and how that happens. yeah, uh, because after one episode, you know I, I, as played the first one I was like, man. It's a lot less Afini than I, this. This is not what I thought. And then the second one, you know, you got a you got a lot more of a Feeney in that second one. Yeah. And, and and and, you know, Tupac continue to evolve. It's like they're they're telling two stories on two different timelines. Mm-hmm. And at some point in this five part series, the two have to meet to really pull this thing together. Definitely. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that happens. I don't think we'll do an episode like after every release. We certainly can. Uh, but I know we're going to cover the rest of this series. Yeah. We're going to do another episode. And there's, you know, if Corners of the Culture, by the grace of God, Corners of the Culture is around for a while. There's three, four, five Pac episodes. It's just like the beefs. You know, there's there's three, four episodes when you talk about hip-hop beefs. We haven't even touched on the Wu-Tang Clan past Wu, where, you know, Nas is good for more. Jay is good for yeah. God knows how many. So, you know, Pac is another one of those ones where, Shoot, we could do do a whole episode just on the influence of Tupac today. I couldn't help, man. When he hit that Rakim rap, I, the, you know, the first thing I thought of, this is this will infuriate people. So don't clip this and put it on social media. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was, man, that Pac wouldn't work today. Mm. He too smart. Yeah. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody listening to that. Yeah. Did y'all hear what he just said? Nah, they don't want to hear that. They yeah. They, they want to hear less intellectually stimulating. Right. You know, thing like that, man, one, the delivery on the record was flawless. Just like incredible. I had never seen it before. It was the first time I seen the Rakim rap. But my th- my first thought was, man, they'd be clowning Pac today. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let Pot talk like that today. There's
0: only one. Yeah. There's only one of them like that today. I shouldn't say that. There's more of them. But one that's made it to yeah. that height. And that's that's Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Kendrick, yeah. Kendrick found a way to cut through all that nonsense and say, I'm going to talk about different stuff mm-hmm. than what we're here. But the thing with Kendrick, and this is what Pac might've been able to do today. Kendrick just talked about his life and it was relatable to people who were living the same life. Not everybody was a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. You might've grew up in a mm-hmm. gang infested environment, mm-hmm. but I didn't mean you were a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick spoke to those people and he was dope. And Pac, it's kind of what Pac did a little bit. Pac was like, "I'm just a guy. I'm not really a gang member. I'm not really a Panther. I'm a black man in America, and these are my experiences
1: associated yeah. with gangs and associated with the Panthers." <laughs> right, right. But like, yeah, you bring up Kendrick, and I think
2: Kendrick is like a direct disciple, of, a, a direct no influence yeah. of Tupac. I mean, uh, to pimp, to to pimp a butterfly was. I think the the clearest indication of that, the way Mm -hmm. he tied all of that in and Mm -hmm. he's like having a conversation with Pac throughout the whole thing, right? So I think just the idea of being the good kid in the mad city and having to move in that space, um, it's like where Pac failed, Kendrick succeeded, right? Because he could give you deep, introspective, intellectual Kendrick, but make it digestible for the general public so like a great a great example of that to me one of the greatest songs ever is swimming pools
0: mm-hmm.
2: and on the surface on, the, on, on it feels like a, a song about drinking mm-hmm. right but it's really a song about the perils of doing anything in excess right but you could play it in a club and everybody going to vibe to it right. and probably get drunk to it you know so i think where you say Pac wouldn't have been well-received if he was spitting a rockin' flow now. Well, I think Pac knew that, which is why yeah. he, you know, could make How Do You Want It and, and 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 you know. I Get Around. I Get Around and he could do more commercially sort of accepted music. You know what I'm saying? But I think if more of the intellectual Pac was infused in his music, it would have had an even. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it would have had a greater reach, but I think it would have made his catalog, you know how they say, oh well, Pac wasn't that lyrical and he's not this and that. Yeah. Well, he was that lyrical. But yeah. I think he had to dumb it down, you know, at a certain point, especially by the Death Row years. Right. You know, I mean to Apocalypse Now was a very intellectual album. It was very introspective and it was all about the struggle of a young black male. And it was very articulate, you know, but it was angry. Right. You know what I'm saying? But as the albums progressed. It got more into the, you know, thug passions, and yeah. you know what I'm saying. So I think Kendrick is a great example of the influence. Let me ask you guys a question. <laughs> okay, that's what that's number three.
0: <laughs> At his core, you talk about Pac being angry. Yeah, Pac, you know, not being able to get past stuff. At his core, do you think Pac was angry? that this was the life that he was born into. Do you think like he wanted like you mentioned earlier, like he never like tried to escape it. But do you think at his core he's like, Man, I wish I just
2: So let me just had say a this real quick. home and was a regular regular kid. Just touching on what Damien was saying earlier about that, because I wanted to come back to that too. So uh, the part about not wanting to escape that I don't I I don't know if he wanted to or not, but I do know he wanted to be the conduit for his people to escape it. But if he was gonna be the scapegoat or be the martyr or whatever, he's willing to take he that. was willing to take that, like a Malcolm X was willing yeah. to die, you know, for his people, kind of thing, or yeah. or or just in a different context, you know, from a from from this modern era that we're in, and he's lived all these experiences. I think the fact that he could say that, you know, he lived his life authentically was sort of like he wore it as a badge of honor. But the purpose was to get it's like in a deposition. It's like they're trying to pin the kid killing a cop on him. And he's like, no, that was not the message behind the mm-hmm. song. The message was to think, use your head. Mm-hmm. And that was his whole plight. Right. But if he wasn't, if he was standing firm in the struggle, then, yeah, he was going to wear that proudly mm-hmm. you know but the idea was for all of us to sort of elevate out of that mm-hmm. and see that we have the power to do so you know so i think i i just i just think i just think he got so wrapped up in just trying to i don't know it's like it was counterproductive to evolution too though like mm-hmm. the evolution of him as an artist mm-hmm. you know it's almost like he went backwards a little bit yeah but still remaining true to speaking truth to power and, and, and representing a young black male in America. What did you think?
1: That? Uh, no, I don't think he was upset about the circumstances he was born into. Cause I think it's all he knew. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. it's all he knew, he embraced it. And he, he wanted to be Fred Hampton, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to be, those revolutionaries that he read about and, and, and heard stories about and talked to, you know, his, his, his family Mm -hmm. about like that, that, that he, he, he took on that responsibility. It's what he knew and he had the ability to deliver a message. So he was going to deliver it, whether he was uh, just a, a a young uh, community organizer or uh, a dude who appeared on whatever his walk of life or a world famous rapper actor yeah he was going to deliver that message because yeah. he was going to have the form and he was going to deliver the message so i'm gonna say no
0: i asked the question not. i don't know the answer i think there is a part of him that was like i, I just, wish i wish i didn't this is what i was born into sometimes i wish i was born into something mm-hmm. else
2: okay mm-hmm. so there's only it's one thing that i don't think a lot of people know about in the in this in the special features of tupac resurrection There are some really good interviews in that. There's the one with Jada's crying, talking about their relationship. Mm. And there's an interview with his aunt. And I'm mad she wasn't featured in. I'm glad she's featured in Dear Mama because her story needs to be told. Her perspective needs to be told. And they may touch on this. So I don't want to, you know, give away no spoilers. But I think after Pac got out of the hospital and he got accused of rape after he got shot five times, his aunt found him in a room with the words fuck the world on his forehead and a gun to his head Mm. where he wanted to take his own life. Mm. Now this has never been widely publicized, but in the special features of Tupac resurrection, she talks candidly about this, him just not wanting to be here. So even though I agree, Damien, I don't think he was, I don't think he wished he had another life. I think he felt like he was a soldier for this, you know, Mm -hmm. just hard truth that he was living. I'm sure there were times where he felt like, God damn, like why me? You know, mm. I'm sure any person with any amount of burden would feel that. But overall, yeah, I, I don't think, think he would trade it. In. Yeah. You I don't think he, think he, would, he would trade just, because it would him. then change who he was as a person, Right. you know, but just something like that. Cause I was blown away. And I forget about that. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure you can YouTube it, but, yeah, he wanted to take his own life at one point.
1: Well, we'll see if that story uh develops over the next handful of episodes of of Dear Mama. And of course, yeah. uh once those uh once those are all wrapped. Can up, I just say one more back. thing before we yeah, wrap up? gonna on. have to say it quick though.
2: Real quick. Tupac is so influential that Alan Hughes, who pocked. <laughs> whooped his ass on the set of a to movie. Tupac didn't
1: whoop his ass. Ten other motherfuckers whooped his ass. <laughs> that too,
2: <laughs> but Pac was the he was the catalyst for it. That alan Hughes would still make this documentary. Yeah, yeah that's a special. Say.
1: well special. they have a relationship though too? Yeah, yeah. Which which I don't think a lot of people were 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 super aware of. That that's how those brothers started. Yeah. Like in that as in, friends. In, 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 yeah, yeah, in the music videos, and it went south you know, on the set of menace to society
0: is Un, Re- Un Rivera going to be in the Jay-Z document.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. <laughs> jay Z's powerful enough. My guess is he would be, right. uh, we appreciate you so much for being with us. Download, subscribe, uh, share with your friends, check out the dope ones.com uh, for some incredible merch, head over to deal on uh, as well. And we'll see you back here uh, next week on corners of the culture.